I would be so proud if my tits were not a living dead. Really? I'd be like, you guys, my tits, not a living dead. There they are. Yay! You're welcome. You're welcome, everyone. Hey, my tits deserve to be on screen. <laughs> They're nice. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gorehounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, which meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror section of our local video store in our quest to survive and to ensure we end up as the, the final, final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking them down one by one, geeking out about all of the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. This is the first podcast from Indie Popcorn, recording here at the Circus. This is episode 13. It is about George Romero's Night of the Living Dead from 1968. Yep. And this episode is called They're Coming to Get You, Barbara. Because what else is this episode going to be called? That's the best line. That's pretty much it. Pretty much, pretty much it. So Johnny, okay, so we're going to open on, we're going to open this movie on Barbara and Johnny, who are two <laughs> kids who are driving to the cemetery, um, brother and sister. And um, I really, I really like Johnny. Like, Johnny has very little screen time, mm-hmm. and yet, like, I just, I mean, I'm just a, kind of a sucker. Like, he's, like, tall and thin and wears glasses, and, like, he wears driving gloves. He does wear driving gloves. He wears driving gloves. <laughs> For some reason, that delights me that there's that little touch. And I think it's only because later when he shows up, and like puts his hand on the door frame. You're like, oh, it's fucking Johnny. Uh huh. But I, I like him in ex- like a stupid amount. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny too, because I know he's definitely designed to kind of like make our sort. So yeah, it starts off with um, Barbara and Johnny, who you kind of feel like are going to be our heroes of this film. Mm-hmm. Like there they are going through a cemetery in the movie called Night of the Living Dead. Like this isn't gonna end well. And then he's kind of such a jerk to her, like making fun of her because she's scared in the cemetery, and that's where the whole like classic like they're coming to get you, Barbara His line comes line from. Rating is killer. No, it it is great, and it but it's funny because I think it's designed to sort of make her very be very sympathetic. Like oh okay, this is the dynamic. It's gonna be like brother and sister fighting zombies together, and then. Which is funny is I actually wrote down when the first zombie attack is in this movie, right. and it's six minutes and thirty seconds in, and then Johnny's just done with like immediately, and then it's just you know Barbara running off into like this cabin where she's going to meet some other characters, and you're like oh 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 I guess not I guess it's not not going to be the the Barbara and Johnny story no because Johnny the, Johnny uh, gets jumped and Johnny hits yeah. his head on a gravestone. He's not even necessarily dead really. It seems like a little and it's interesting because I don't know if George Romero meant that like maybe Johnny is out there somewhere. Maybe he will come back in some sort of heroic moment or whatever. Or if we're, it's supposed to be very clear that he's dead, I'm not quite I'm not quite clear on that because, like, Barbara just leaves his ass. Yeah. Like, she's like, bye, you know? Yeah, I um, feel like if a zombie attacked my brother, I would fight that zombie off. And I would, like, let's, you know, I know that's a downfall, actually, in zombie movies. So mm-hmm. Barbara did do the smart thing mm-hmm. and leave him behind. But I feel like in Probably real life... Probably the only smart thing Barbara does in this movie. Oh, Barbara. <laughs> we'll come back to her. <laughs> But I feel like with my brother, like I would like punch a zombie out and like oh, sure. be- beat him down and make sure like you and then but then he's unconscious and then yeah. more come and yeah. then it's a mess. And then, it, and then, it, then it's a hot mess. It's interesting, too, because I feel like the also the introduction of this character, you will see this more as she goes. She it's interesting introducing somebody who is so like so little terrifies her. It takes so little to scare her at all and to kind of know like this is pretty much going to be our hero girl like throughout the movie and just with like her brother teasing her she's like really scared like very very scared like a little lightning little brother teasing she's like stop it stop it i don't like she says then my uh favorite quote of this movie which is stop it you're being ignorant when he's insulting her and i'm like that's 
That's such a weird thing to say. I don't know say. if that's the right word. No, I feel like if you were teasing me and I'm like, stop it, Julia, you're being uneducated. You'd be like, oh, okay. Um, well, maybe I but, am. All but, right, but right. it has nothing to do with the teasing, but okay. you know. <laughs> Barbara as a character is just infuriating, though. Like, she's so, because, like, she really, you know, there. Uh, this is a, a kind of a stereotype that comes up in a lot of horror movies mm-hmm. for girls, which is like the hysterical one. Totally. The one who like just shuts down, can't deal with yeah. it, is just a basically a shuffling mess who like can't even follow like the simplest directions. Yeah. And you just want to slap around, which eventually she does get slapped around. Which no, for sure. Then you're like, okay, well, she kind of but deserved in, it. But in the sort of like world of horror movies that we're exploring, this is one of the earlier entries though. Like 1968 is when this movie comes out. It's in black and white and... You know, this is kind of the beginning of the whole zombie thing. Even though... They don't call them zombies. They don't call them zombies. They call them ghouls. They never say the word zombie they, once in this film. They don't. Um, so apparently it was reviewers and fans that took the word zombie and put it to it. And then in Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. they say it once. Which I wonder how George Romero feels about that. Like, I wonder if he was like, get ready, ghoul franchise that I'm going to start. Nope, not a ghoul franchise. Zombie franchise. Yeah, because he clearly calls them ghouls. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. They're not ghouls. They're yeah, zombies. They're zombies. And then everybody goes, yeah, okay, zombies. I know. So it's so funny. He's like credited with starting this whole thing, but the word is not his at all. Mm-mm. It is not used in this movie at all. So... That's kind of interesting. Um, but when Barbara flees and leaves poor Johnny, um, she does a I lot of... I love you, Johnny. I love... <laughs> we'll come back to you, Johnny. Um, she does a lot of like running across this field and getting in the car and getting out of the car and the car gets wrecked and, and eventually ends up at this house. And she does a lot of my favorite shots in this movie, which are like running and then gripping things. It's like running into, running into the side of a house and gripping something and running into like the side of a barn and gripping something. So like she runs into a shot and grips things a lot and like looks around wild eyed and then like runs some more. Um, but she eventually ends up in this like kind of country house, like kind of all by, all by seemingly all by herself. Um, and then, yeah, our hero comes. Yeah, Ben, he's the best. <laughs> then all of a sudden, lucky, lucky Barbara. Um, when there's like the house is starting, like some more zombies. I don't know. Do we call them zombies or ghouls? Like, I mean, let's just say zombies. Okay, that's everybody calls oh, this them is very zombies. confusing. Okay, sorry, George. Um, but all the zombies start showing up, and uh, and then all of a sudden, like the door like busts in. And this incredibly handsome man shows up, um, like like the epitome of like tall, dark, and handsome. Uh, ben, our hero, played by Dwayne Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, okay, hey, you know, are you in here with me? Kind of tells that she's sort of bordering like catatonic, uh, a catatonic state, and just starts like taking care of business. It's like, is this your house? And she just can't answer. And you know, can you help me with this? Doesn't answer. And he just like takes care of business. And I remember when you and I were watching this, when Ben enters, we we're like. Hey, <laughs> maybe maybe the zombie apocalypse ain't so bad. Not so bad. I mean, if it brings tall, dark, and handsome like into <laughs> yeah. save me, I'm like maybe I would fake like extra catatonia just to like get Ben to be like, no, no, don't leave. No, no, I definitely definitely need you here. Definitely need you to take care of stuff for me. And he's such a, he is he is legitimately one of my favorite horror movie characters yeah. of all time because mm-hmm. he. Because I love the characters that come in and just kick ass. He's yeah. like, all right, all this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking do this. Yeah. All right, you, lady, sit on the couch. I don't fucking care. Here yeah. I go. Yeah, because I like that he can tell. Like, in the beginning, he's really trying to get her to like enlist to help him. Because I think Ben uh, tells her that his deal was, like, he was a cook at, like, a local diner. I think he's supposed to be a trucker. Is he a trucker? I thought he was, no, I thought he said he was a cook. And then, like, and then there were a bunch of trucks coming and going. Okay. And this one truck shows up that had, like, a ton of zombies on it. And zombies were attacking everybody. And people in the diner were zombie attacked and blah, blah, blah. 
and then like then got out of there and then has ended up like in this thing with her in this house with her and he's trying to figure out what her story is but he's like all right this doesn't really work and sets her down and just like yeah just immediately it's just taking care of business is like okay we're gonna have to board up these windows like let's look for weapons the upstairs versus the down they find a body upstairs um now but here's a question i I had about the body mm -hmm. thinking about this film later why doesn't it come back to life well because they say it's the any it's any body that's not buried. But as long as the brain is not destroyed. That cuz like the brain or like the face was super like I don't know. I think we were supposed to think that the head was so damaged that like the brain was damaged. Okay. I mean, I'm just going to go with that. Okay. There's what's also interesting about this movie is because it's like ghouls slash zombies. There were a few instances we were watching it and we're used to kind of the rules that we have. And I remember early on, I think it's in the attack with Johnny, a zombie seems to use a tool, like it's using a crowbar or something to like unlock the, the car. And we were like, wait, what? And then they have this other thing that Ben tells her where it's like, they don't like fire and bright light. And we were like, is that a thing? Is that a... So, like, headlight. So, in the movie, there's a truck that has its headlights on, and the zombies smash the headlights. Like, they're not looking for brains. They're just like, mm, I don't like that. Smash. And then... But or, the most iconic image from this film is a little girl holding a spade. And she's a zombie. Yeah. And she's holding the spade but to, like, like stab her mom. Using tools to, like, get brains? Yeah. But, like, using tools to... I don't know. It's to, just, like, get in places? Kind of, yeah. Okay. It just, I didn't really... I mean, maybe my zombie knowledge is not... Well, he's setting a standard here. I guess so. So if he says they can use tools, yeah. I think they can use tools. But I also really liked it, again, because Ben is such a badass, like, and he's figured out the light thing, like, real quick, and he's like, oh, yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't like that. So I like that he, like, lights pieces of furniture on fire and then shoves them out and then rebarricades himself back in just to kind of help fend them off a bit more. And this film's so <laughs> low budget that, you know, they just, they're just like, okay, just set that chair on fire, and he's like, um, okay, and then just does it. And, like, there's, there's no, like, stunt guy. There's just no. that, that actor. Definitely. There's later on, though, a bunch of them start throwing Molotov cocktails out and out the windows, and Julie and I are watching, like, they're just doing that. Like, they're literally like, hey, actor, you're just going to throw a Molotov cocktail, like, out the window. Like, I okay. Wanna, I, somebody please put me in a movie where I have to do a <laughs> Molotov cocktail, because that would, like, I have so many, like, anarchist dreams that, yeah. that I would just fulfill, would, where yeah. I would, like, destroy things. I have, I have that bent. You're like, look, I will this be is... more useful to society if you let me do this now, other yeah. than letting me do this later. Just let me throw a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> no problem. Um, so... So it's sort of it's sort of played out that like Ben and Barbara are by themselves, but then we start hearing some Barbara starts hearing some noises from the basement. And even though it's like they've been by themselves for like half an hour, it seems, all of a sudden out of the basement emerges five people that have, I guess, come to the cabin before them and have been hiding down in the basement because the sort of the leader of the gang, it's Helen and Harry, right? Yes. Who have a younger daughter named Karen who was injured. Yep. And then there's a young couple, Tom and Judy, who are very groovy and very like, you know, I mod, like cool, mod, 60s couple. And they're kind of like the nice ones. And Harry is sort of like the sort of middle-aged, vaguely sort of misogynistic kind of bully guy that's like, not you, Ben, me, I should be in charge of this operation. He's the worst. He's the worst. And yeah. I don't know which is worse. I don't know if that kind of character where you're just an asshole and like getting everyone in danger is yeah. worse than catatonic girl on the couch. They're both pretty bad. They're, They're just bad in different ways. Definitely. But I think as a rule for survival, if you are amongst a group where you have that guy, you have the guy that's like, no, natural leader, your ideas are terrible. This is what we should do because it's all me, 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 me. You, you've got to get rid of that guy. Like you either ditch that guy or if you have to preemptively kill that guy, like whatever. But like that guy's going to drag you down, you know? That guy, by the way, Carl Hardman, <laughs> who plays uh, Harry Cooper, the asshole down in the basement, who has... 
this incredible please watch his posture the next time you watch this movie his point. posture is in- incredible uh-huh. he was also co-producer makeup artist yeah the sound effects engineer and the still photographer and that and i also remember reading that um the woman who play or the woman who plays helen was also one of the makeup artists on this marilyn eastman so I think. apparently this is like a total like family operation this movie which i love i do um but apparently tom savini was supposed to do the makeup for this film oh really and got drafted to vietnam wow so like how about that, that alternate universe version <laughs> where savini so, does the makeup for night of the living dead that's so interesting Huh, and then you think cool. about him coming back from Vietnam and like creating these horrible effects, and then it has a more more of a gruesome tone now. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, mm. we'll just keep on going. Anyway, um, so but one of the other things I like too is the woman who plays uh, Judy. I think I read that she was uh, Carl Hardiman. Hardiman, however you say his name. God, sorry, Carl. Um, his secretary. It's I, like the last. We couldn't say the lady in white director's name. La Logia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. La Logia. <laughs> I feel so bad. La Logia. <sighs> Definitely. I'm real sorry about that. We have to email these people in advance. And be like, how do you say your name? Um, yeah, she was the secretary of like their production company or like the the company that they had. They were like, well, she's a babe, but we kind of need like a groovy '60s babe for this. We're like, yeah, come aboard. Um, so anyway, so yeah, they're all tra- the five of them are trapped up together. They come upstairs and they basically sort of have like these series of arguments of like you know who's in charge and what's the best course of action. Carl wants to, or Harry and Helen want to like stay down below, and Ben thinks that that's suicide and they have to stay above because if the zombies break in, they're trapped down there and they have no way of getting out. Which is which is totally correct. Which is still totally accurate. And uh, comes to my favorite line, uh-huh. uh, which is Ben's. Which this speech is so badass and. And Dwayne Jones is like the coolest guy. He's very cool. So he just says straight out, you're a father. If you're stupid enough to die, die in that trap, that's your business. However, I am not stupid enough to follow you. It is tough for the kid that her old man is so stupid. Now get the hell down in the cellar. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Mic drop from Ben. I was totally going to say that. <laughs> It's a mic drop bin moment right there. Um, so yeah, so then they basically have to figure out, like, okay, like we can't be in this cabin like forever. So like, what's the plan? And the plan is a bit elaborate, which I will say this might be like one of like Ben's one downfall. It's like it's kind of a really elaborate plan. Where like they've got a truck, but they need to get gas in the truck, and there's a gas pump out by the van. So they're gonna come out and throw a bunch of Molotov cocktails, distract them, jump, you know, distract the zombies, jump in the van, drive it over, pump it full of gas while fending off zombies with torches by the gas pump. Then I'll get back in the van, back into the house, collect the family, and then off they go. That does not go well. But what would you do? Would you stay in the house? No, I mean, you can't stay in the house. Like, to, to his point is right. I think the problem lies in having, because Tom goes out, Judy goes out, and the main problem I have with the plan is it totally hinges on trusting Harry, mischievous Harry, to like throw his Molotov cocktails yeah, don't and trust ward that off guy. and also let you back in the house. And right. again, because I feel like these characters like this just don't serve you. Like they're out for number one. Like the hysteria of everything that's happened has made them just brought out the worst part of them. So like Helen, I would trust to let me back in the house. Tom and Judy, like totally innocuous. They have this one like innocuous scene that I remember you and I were laughing about where they're talking about the relationship and how they love each other so much and how it's like so, it's just the whole thing's been so hard. And we were like, God, those kids are dead. Those kids are so dead. <laughs> like those kids are, I love you. I love you too. Big hugs all the way around. I'm like, you guys are toast. You guys are so toast. And then literally they get in the oh, truck. they are toast. They are toast. They get in the truck. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they get in the truck, oh. and like a little bit of, uh, I think, uh, Ben's uh, a homemade torch, like, you know, gasoline leads straight to the truck, which they are in, and kaboom. And so Ben's out there, and there is no Tom and Judy, no truck. He's got a torch and a whole bunch of zombies. Um, and then he has to like run back into the house and then the, what the dick has like kind of shut the door and yeah. like at first it's like, is he going to let him in? Is he not going to let him in? No, he's just being a bastard and he's <sighs> probably not going to let him in. I know, this sucks. Yeah, that's the, that's the one part of this where I'm like, you just, it can't hinge on that guy being like brave enough to let you back in the house. But the movie does the good thing and lets you get his, he gets his bucket comeuppance because totally not only does. does Ben quadruple punch that motherfucker. He totally does. He also shoots him. Yeah. He shoot, well, he punches him a whole bunch and then he has that moment where they're sort of separated and is like, is he, does he have to, is he going to? And then Ben's like, fuck it. And like, just does it. And it's great. It's like, yeah, yeah, fair play. Um, meanwhile, which has not been understood, even though people are sort of talking, they're, they alternate, uh, kind of jump back and forth between, they find a TV and they're like watching newscasts of like what's going on and also listening to the radio, which the newscasts during this, I completely love. It's very War of the Worlds, and it's very like, you know, just so you know, like this is the, you know, the, the dead have come back to life and are currently, st- you know, and these guys have these great like radio announcer vo- voices. But they're kind of explaining like people aren't going to, if you're bitten or whatever, you're in trouble and you're not going to die unless your brain is destroyed. And they've got this little girl down there that was totally bitten, and it doesn't seem to occur to anybody that like, she's going to come back and that's not going to be any good. And that is precisely what happens because while they're having the thing upstairs, um, Helen downstairs is totally getting attacked with a spade mm-hmm. by her own daughter, which is a very disturbing scene in that movie. It is a disturbing scene, but we, we get matricide and patricide because she mm-hmm. kills her father as well. That's true. So yeah. Cause after he shot, he sort of like goes back, like he's going to like bury himself down in the basement and be like, well, forget it. And then, you know, finds dead wife and then kid like takes care of that. Um, but pretty badass. I mean, you're pretty badass, but you're just also like, geez, 1968 movie. Like, that's that's a lot. So, yeah, basically what's left is sort of like Barbara and Ben are heroes. Um, and I do like that this is the movie. I mean, the reason we're not talking about Barbara anymore is because pretty much she doesn't do anything else. Like, she, she just talks sits. about Johnny a little bit. She does say that she feels like she should go look for him. Yeah, like 20 minutes after she gets there. Like, she's, you know, been catatonic for a long time. Then she's like, oh, my brother, who I left like nine hours ago. Maybe I should go get him. Um but I feel like she's kind of like out of it. Like the like all the drama is kind of between the other characters. But once everybody else is dead and then they're super being attacked because of the fight and everything, like zombies are like punching through like all the work that Ben's done to like barricade everything. And all of a sudden, like Barbara comes back into her own. Like all of a sudden she starts being really helpful and like hammering things down and like helping, you know, pushing zombies away and stuff like that. And that's when we see the return oh, of your favorite Coming around, mm-hmm. gripping that door door jam with his driving glove. Sans glasses, though. I, you see his glasses get knocked off in the I fight. guess that's true. Yeah. Um, I, pay sort of... t- I pay attention to Johnny. <gasps> My precious glasses. I love Where his glasses. <laughs> I love cute. them. <laughs> They're pretty He's cute. He's a horrible person, but I, I really like him. But again, it seemed to be a little, like... I mean, we're definitely supposed to be like Barbara dies, right? Because oh, yeah. like she kind of goes out and kind of gets swarmed. Yeah. Um, and they have, and I, this is probably also the sort of the beginning of these kind of iconic shots of how you film zombies. There are so many shots, especially during that attack, where it's sort of like point of view cam and there's just so many zombies. So you have this like overwhelmed, the sort of, I think what sort of George Romero gets a lot of credit for, rightfully so, is creating, because on the outset, especially in sort of this movie, I could see people being like, hmm zombies maybe not the scariest but it's like the swarming thing it's the swarming it's the overwhelming it's like them grabbing at you and they're grabbing at you to open your 
body parts. So and we we learned uh, upon the shooting that Marion cannot watch guts being eaten, even if they're in black and white. She couldn't yeah, look. Yeah, that is accurate. That is accurate. I was like, they're not even. It's not even red. Yeah, but still can't look. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think it's just more like the idea of uh, what's happening, because even if it's not like particularly believable, mm-hmm. it's really gross. You know, it's gross. We do, um, and again... Did we look up it, though, that they are actually eating something, like... Oh, I'm sure they're eating, like, intestines or uterus or Totally, like, something really Covered in chocolate sauce, so it was, like, all all over their That's what it was, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, like, animal guts covered in chocolate sauce, so everyone was getting, like, super ill, but you got, like, an extra 50 But I mean, it's just... We'll give you a bump for that. We'll We'll give you a a guts and chocolate syrup bump. How about that? On your waiver. I took that bump. I just, I have no regrets about that bump. (laughs) Like, that. That's so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> our producer's going, no. No, no, that's, that's she would not, not do that. That's not accurate. I'm, um, I'm with you, Terry. Like, that's that's not for me either. I would like to continue to point out gratuitous tits because that's what I do. Naked zombie, zombie tits. Yeah. Even in 1968, George Romero was like, you know what this movie needs? Zombie tits. Also, this was filmed in Pennsylvania, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it must have been freezing. Oh, I'm sure. Like, and there's... You know what? Who wants to? Uh, stick up all their clothes um while wearing this disgusting like whatever makeup that just yeah that's probably that was but probably there's always going to be that girl who's like yeah i'll do it <sighs> i guess so i mean you know that's i feel like that's what these horror movies kind of rely on and now check in boxes now her tits are iconic <laughs> now you're like oh that 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 you think that's tits. what she thinks about it i wonder if she even remembers it she's like i'm naked in something Man, i would the be 60s there <laughs> I would be so proud if my tits were Night of the Living Dead. Really? I'd be like, you guys, my tits, Night of the Living Dead. There they are. Yay! You're welcome. You're welcome, everyone. Hey, my tits deserve to be on screen. <laughs> They're nice. Um, we also then kind of cut to, cut back to, uh, which I also kind of really enjoy about this movie. I feel like in a lot of zombie movies, too, it's like society and the police are rapidly overwhelmed by like the zombie apocalypse. Not so in this film. In no, this film, kind of on top of it. They are on it and totally like nonplussed. Like they're just like these, again, I know this movie was filmed in Pennsylvania, but you've got these sort of like traditional kind of like hick, you know, kind of guys that kind of are walking around with like their posse with all their guns and they figure out pretty quickly to shoot him in the head and they're just like, yep. And they're being interviewed by like the local press. And uh, I remember one, there's one sheriff who says, uh, beat him or burn him. Uh, 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 sorry, beat him or burn him. They go up pretty easy. Like he's just not particularly yeah. like, yeah, it's fine. We're going to, we're going to swarm this area, take care of those guys, swarm this area, take care of these zombies and uh, we'll have this thing wrapped up by dinner time. you uh-huh. know? You're kill like, the brain, kill, kill the ghoul. We got it figured out. Yeah. They totally have it figured out. So, um, so yeah, so basically Barbara's, uh, you know, taken over, uh, is killed. And then, uh, Ben has to go back down to the basement. Finally, um, nine levels of irony for Ben. And, uh, Always and then down into the basement. Yeah. And then he kind of waits until dawn comes and then we see the posse approaching, picking off all the zombies around the farm. And we're like, sweet. Hi, Ben. You've done everything right in this situation. He kind of hears people, human people, non-dead people. So he comes out of the basement and goes across the living room with his gun and peeks out the window. Takes one between the eyes. By the very same posse that was like just picking off zombies because they can't tell the difference. It's such an awesome ending. Yeah. Because Ben is such an amazing character. And although I do really want to see him succeed. And because also because he's the, you know, the first kind of black lead in a horror movie. I think, didn't we look that 
up like that's true he is the yeah. first like african african-american lead in a horror film yeah that's and so he crazy. kicks ass he does kick and ass. so like I, you kind of want him to win but then i'm always a big fan of the downbeat endings where sure. the where the where the guy you want to win dies at the very last second like every time i'm like yes yes Thank you. Yeah. Um, it but it is sad. sad it's, he, it's sad. I mean, I do appreciate the like, huh? Because then it's like credits and then it cuts to like all these sort of stills of them like removing the bodies. Just like clean it up, you know? It's an interesting choice. It is stills. an interesting choice. And they're just like taking them away with a meat hook to throw them on a bonfire. To totally. Burn them with the rest of the bodies. And it's, and it's also like they don't even realize their error, I think. I mean, I've also heard rumors that it, it's kind of more like supposed to be like a social commentary about like that they don't. But it's the way that it's at least within the film, as you kind of see it. From the director's point of view, you can see it as that, but I feel like from the actor's point of view, they don't react like they even could tell the difference, you know? Right. They were just like, okay, that guy, that guy, that guy, and that guy. And then, yeah, they're taking him away with meat hooks, and that's it for Ben. Oh, no. poor Ben. So poor the ben. survival for this film, uh, questionable, because there, there <laughs> seems to be a lot of tactics tried, and every single one gets you killed, unless you're one of the hit guys who's been like, Stocking up, waiting for this moment. Yeah. Which seems to be, in these movies, probably the best thing you can do. You just live in a cabin by yourself with uh-huh. a bunch of guns, and then you're like, okay, ready to go. Yeah. Well, and truthfully, if uh, if Ben's pl- original plan had worked, they wouldn't have even been in the cabin. They would have gotten away. They probably would have come across the posse. That's true. So, like, I, I still, I feel like I still blame Harry. Like, I still feel like this is all uh, Harry's fault. And I feel like if he hadn't, like, ruined, uh, if he hadn't, like, you know, kind of, partially kind of ruined their escape plan, then like Ben's original plan would have worked and then he wouldn't have been killed at the very end. So, you know what I mean? So I feel like in large part, like I feel like Ben kind of does everything right. uh, But I feel like he's partnered with people that like bring him down. And so maybe part of the the lesson is like, you know, maybe it's better to go solo rather than be with people who are like bringing you down. Oh, it's always better to go solo. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like we've, we've, found that out quite quite early that it's always better to go solo but if you're in a situation like this where you just come across this house and these people are there these are the people you're stuck with for sure um you know it's kind of like a no exit you know hell is people kind of thing totally um and then you know but as a survival thing i mean obviously don't go the barber route because that does not you being catatonic is not going to help no second of all it's not your brother anymore and your brother's just going to eat your brains which he clearly does that is very hard for the people i've noticed that too in this movie where it's like that and you know i guess we would all struggle with that but it's like they don't believe the switch and you're like no no they're gone like they're totally gone and people like people that cannot accept that like like that's what i love about ben is that he accepts it so early where he's like look i don't know what the hell's going on but all i know is they're trying to kill me if they look like that and this is what they like and this is what they don't like and you know whereas like barbara cannot process cannot process cannot process well this is why we've watched as many horror movies as we watch because i feel like you and i know like Mm -hmm. if if i see you turn i'm sorry yeah your brains are going on the wall because you are zombie marion not real marion do you remember this conversation that we were just having with uh, my friend Joey um, a couple of days ago where we were talking about we, we were talking about what we would do uh, you know what things we would do sort of in the zombie apocalypse and he was like you know yeah if I'm part of your group um, and I feel like you know the zombies are coming to get me just like leave me don't try and save me just like go ahead and leave me and I was like oh yeah yeah but I would definitely kill you. And he was like, what? And I was like, after you, after you turned, like I would kill you before I left you. And he was so offended. He was like, what? Why would you kill me? And I'm like, cause you can't be a zombie. I can't let you just be a zombie and like roam around the world, like killing other people. You could kill us a people. But he was so offended that I would kill zombie him. And I'm like, you're dead, Joey. Like, just let me, just but let I, me kill you. His argument was valid though, because what? he said he was going to be a zombie so that he would eat other survivors so that we would have less competition. 
So I think it's kind of brilliant. But I don't think that is brilliant because I also think that that's not true because you're the people that you're killing could be like perfectly awesome people like Ben who just like maybe, you know, slips and turns his ankle one time, da da da. And it's like, we all need more Bens in our lives. And then like zombie Joey is just going to kill perfectly useful Ben, you know? So I feel like it's not like, oh, he's just killing like the super unuseful survivors. Like you would kill the, you know, zombie Joey would kill the good ones, the bad ones, the, you know. So I'm like, no, I'm definitely going to kill zombie you. I'm like, you you can kill you first, like if you want to, but like definitely can't leave zombie you. But he was like not into that. But in terms of survival, if mm-hmm. someone you know, even if it's your brother or your mother or whatever, if they turn zombie, that's it. There's no coming back. There's I, there's no, there's never been, I think, a film where there's been a reversal where they're like, oh, we're cured. We're not a zombie anymore. No, I, I think the only thing, the only chance that you have that I feel like I see in sort of more modern zombie uh, shows is if you get bitten on an appendage and you immediately have to lose that appendage. Right. That's pretty much it. That's the only hope you have. Like the rest of it, but if you get bitten like the neck or the chest or whatever, like, bye. That's pretty much it for you. So this movie um, cost uh, $114,000 to make and made $30 million. Um, so I want to give hats off to George Romero yeah. for kicking off uh, the zombie genre slash mm-hmm. ghoul, zombie, z- ghoul, zombie, zombie ghoul. ghoul. <laughs> I feel like in respect I should call them ghouls, but that's not what anybody else calls call them. Call them zools or something. That's but... lame. Oh, <laughs> all the folks. Um, <laughs> but thank you, George Romero, for yeah. for creating such an awesome film and um, and such a one and like a really great leading character. Yeah. like Ben is just yeah, he's one of the reasons why. Like I'm like wait, what? A, wait a minute. These lead characters are awesome and proactive and he yeah. would go on like my top ten like favorite. For leading sure. characters for sure and being super handsome really helps so like well, you know whatever yeah. <laughs> i like his cardigan uh so we um we, we rate all of our films so we have a a gore factor uh so the gore factor is uh one is not enough blood to fill a dixie cup two is a puddle of blood three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer four is a bathtub of blood and five is run for the barf bag we gave night of the living dead a four in gore yeah, that's solid. I live Guts with that. Guts eaten, get you a four. For sure. Um, and movie rating, we have uh, one to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, is fantastical. And Julia gave this a four and a half, and I gave it a four. I don't know why I didn't give it a five. I don't know why did you give it a four. What, what's lacking in this movie for you, Marion? I don't know. I guess I feel like if all the characters were... There was there is something interesting about Barbara and Ben's great, but I feel like a lot some of the supporting characters not so much for me. Like okay. I feel like Tom and Judy are kind of super wasted characters. Well, they're supposed to be kind of disposable. I guess so, but I just feel like you could do you could do more with that. Like I understand they're literally disposable characters, but I don't know. I just felt like there were sort of parts in this movie where like I'm caring a lot less about what's going on, sure. whereas I feel like fives are sort of like I'm into it all the way. There's no lulls, and there's a little bit you know there's okay. there's some lulls in this movie for me. Well, in the spirit of uh, Halloween in October, and our favorite month, of course, uh, we've decided that the next uh, two films that we review will be uh, the scariest movie that Marion has ever seen and the scariest movie as I've ever seen. Yeah. So next week will be the scariest movie Marion has ever seen. Which is Rosemary's Baby. So we will be talking about Roman Polanski's 1968, Rosemary's Baby. So join us for that for some more Halloween fun. And it's a great movie, so watch it before you listen. Yeah. And then we'll we're going to talk, gonna about talk it. all about it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. See you next week, kids. See you next time, guys.